Welcome, ghosts, goblins, ghouls, monsters, zombies, vampires, werewolves, serial killers, masked madmen, homicidal maniacs, and you well-adjusted weirdos. I'm Michael, and I'm joined by my lovely co-host... Eliza. And we're talking the 1981 Halloween 2, directed by Rick Rosenthal. Oh, so it wasn't directed by uh, our, our, our pal this time. John Carpenter. John Carpenter. I couldn't remember his name. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know if you paid attention to the credits, but no. it was written again by Carpenter and Debra, oh, Debra Hill. That. Yeah, I did see that at the beginning in the opening scene, the opening credits. We'll do a little bit of background on Rick Rosenthal here. This is his directorial feature film debut. He's still working in Hollywood today. He's done mainly a lot of TV. He did direct one other movie in the franchise, uh, Halloween Resurrection in 2002. But let's get into Carpenter and Deborah Hill. Ooh, I don't think it can be overstated how much Carpenter did not want to do this movie. Really? I didn't know that. I mean, didn't. That's why he didn't direct it. But they ended the first movie with such a cliffhanger, like not a cliffhanger, but l- with the idea of it continuing. He felt that there was no story left to tell. What? And I do agree with him to to an extent. Because I really think that movie stand standing alone, it's a masterpiece. Yeah. And you bring in this movie, and it muddies the waters. A little bit, yeah, I can see that. And I actually, I love this movie. I do. It's probably the best. I think it's the best sequel to Halloween. Carpenter at the time talking to Fangoria while writing the script. It mainly dealt with a lot of beer sitting in front of a typewriter saying, "What the fuck am I doing? I don't know." Carpenter was drunk when he came up with the big plot twist of the movie. Oh, the big plot twist, which we'll get to. I don't know how I knew. I don't know if it's just... But I always, for a long time, even when I was young, until I was in my, like, late teens, like, 16, 17, I always thought it was originally intent... Lori was originally intended to be his sister. I don't know how. I don't know where I got it. I don't know if... My dad told me, or my mom told me, or whatever, but I always, in my head, it was always, even though it's never mentioned in the first movie, now there are certain versions of the movie where they kind of touch on it a little bit, TV versions of the first Halloween. When it was originally aired on TV, NBC bought the rights for it in 1980. Carpenter, while they were filming Halloween 2 shot extra footage for the movie so it would fill up space in the two-hour time slot that it aired on NBC. What? Something I didn't want to touch on in how the our Halloween review is just, I always, for the longest time, just thought that that's how it was originally intended. Wow. And, like, the first time I went back and watched it without, like, okay, he's not her sister, I always, like, oh, that makes it scarier to me. That, he's, that she's not his sister? Yeah, because there's no motive. It, it kind of like, now that I'm thinking back on when we were talking about Halloween the other day, how I said, I wonder why Michael's so obsessed with her because she's the first one to get on the porch or whatever. And now I'm kind of... Yeah, that's like, all right, I bit my tongue during that whole time because I'm like, ah, I'm going to wait till Halloween too. I can't believe you kept that a secret. <laughs> <laughs> that like, I, you were right next to me. I was like, what? Yeah, <laughs> I was like, she's what? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
But a more a little more background on the script. Carpenter and Hill originally intended for it to take place in a high-rise apartment building, not a not a hospital, not Haddonfield Memorial. Why would it be taking place in a apartment? That's weird. It wasn't going to take place like right after the events of the first one. It was going to take place a few years removed. Oh, so like Lori's living on her own or something. Mm -hmm. Okay. And I'm like, well, actually, that idea, that would have been really cool to see Michael just go through apartments, just hacking (laughs) and slashing away. I don't know. I like I I don't like that as much. I wish they would bring back somebody who would do that idea. (laughs) It doesn't have to be necessarily Michael Myers, a Halloween movie, but. Yeah. And this was originally intended to be the conclusion of the Michael and Laurie saga. Yeah, I can definitely see it as the conclusion. But... Like, how does he survive that? (laughs) I mean, he just keeps surviving. Do you know anything about Halloween 3? No, nothing. So, I don't want to tell you what it's about, but Halloween was supposed to go on and become an anthology series or franchise. Every movie would have a different premise, different characters, different setting. Oh, that would have been cool. Which is true with Halloween 3, has nothing to do with Michael Myers. When's the first time you saw Halloween 2? I don't remember. Because usually when Halloween, the Halloween movies would air on AMC Fear Fest, it would be Halloween... Halloween 4, Halloween 5. Mm-hmm. Sometimes they throw in 6, 7, or 8, but it's usually those three movies, Halloween 4 or 5. I think because Halloween 2, like the rights are harder to get because it was distributed by Universal. Uh, I didn't even know there were all these sequels. I've seen Halloween 4 and the original one more than any of the other movies. Wow. It's because they were, they were the ones that were usually always on TV in October. Interesting. And five. I've seen five a lot, but I can't I can't watch five every time it would come on TV. <laughs> we'll get, but we'll get, save that for another day. Okay. The movie was released in 1981, and as I was talking earlier, when Halloween aired on NBC, it aired in October of 1981, like right before this came out. Okay. This came out right on Hallow's Eve, October 30th, 1981. What do you think is like the biggest difference between this one and the original? Okay, for the first one, I felt like the music really helped get me more scared. And I felt like the second movie, I even said this afterwards, I don't really remember much music. The score's a little different. I don't know if you picked up it, on that. It's it the is same, different. It's Carpenter again, but it's a little different. It, yeah, and I think that was probably the biggest difference for Holworth, me. And I think the score in this one gets a little more 80s lack of a better term yeah better phrasing you don't seem to you didn't seem to i didn't know. care for it it's not no. that i uh, it's not the original no i don't think it's yeah. as good as the original but I, I like it it's not that i didn't like it i just didn't, it didn't, didn't do anything an for me at all yeah I mean, nothing at all a lot of critics besides at the time when this came out besides lambasting it for its gore and violence and blood <laughs> more also is that like i felt less scary and not scary at all do you tend to agree with that yeah you don't think it's scary at all i thought there were some scary parts but i don't think it was near as scary as the first movie for me that's fair and i mean i i do agree with that too but i still think michael himself is still like oh he's still creepy yeah he's still still so creepy i think that really he didn't have as much artistry in this movie no but his but he i don't well he guess he doesn't he doesn't his art he gets more creative i think with the kills though 
yeah, I guess we had a couple of good kill scenes, which we'll talk about. Yeah. Also, put this into context. The original came out in 78. Mm-hmm. Created the slasher boom. This one came out in 81. And I just want to read you a list of... It's probably not all of the slasher movies released between Hall- the first Halloween and Halloween 2, but it's a lot of them. Go ahead. We've got Taurus Trap, Prom Night... And Terror Train, which both starred Jamie Lee Curtis, both slasher movies, both Hell made yeah. in Canada. I don't know. Canada loves Jamie Lee Curtis for some reason. Yes, we all love Jamie I mean, Lee we Curtis. We do, yes. <laughs> Friday the 13th in 1980, Fade to Black, Mother's Day, He Knows Your Home, which is Tom Hanks' feature film debut. Ooh, we're going to have to watch that. <laughs> your good. sister would love to watch that. Yeah, she would. Maniac, New Year's Evil. To All a Good Night, Nightmares, and we get into 1981. These are all movies that came out before Halloween in October of 1981. The Unseen, The Burning, Friday the 13th Part 2. So we get the first two Friday the 13th in between Halloween and Halloween 2. I mean, when we get to Friday the 13th, you'll see how fast they pump those movies out. Yeah. They were cheap to make and fast to make. And then in May of 1981, we have three slasher movies that came out. The Burning, Graduation Day, and Friday the 13th Part 2. Funhouse also came out in 1981, directed by the great Toby Hooper. Hell Night, August 1981. And then My Bloody Valentine, we go back to February 1981. Another Canadian slasher, by the way. Canada was really, really cashing in on slashers. Yeah, they've got those creepy... Uh trees and stuff up there. Yeah, I don't think they're present in any of the movies I mentioned. I've seen all the movies. (laughs) (laughs) I don't think they're... (laughs) But yeah, so people were hacking and slashing in the the early 80s and late 70s. Yeah. And that's why this movie really amps up the gore, the body count, the blood. Michael gets more creative. What was that look? (laughs) <laughs> you don't think Michael gets more creative? I don't think he gets more creative. I think he's just going through. He's just trying to find Lori. Like, I felt like in the first one with the ghost, the, the sheet over his head and all that, that was more fun for me. Do you notice any differences in the way Michael was portrayed or like in the, this movie versus the first one? The mask seemed different. I don't know if that's so, anything at all. Not until a couple of years ago, I didn't know this. I always thought that was a different mask. I thought they, so too. It's actually the same exact mask, but it had been under Deborah Hill's bed for most of the time <laughs> after the first one. And she was like a chain smoker. And so it kind of yellowed a little bit uh-huh. and they had to like retouch it up after that. And we have a different actor playing Michael this time, different a stunt, stunt man named Dick Warlock. Oh, okay. And he was shorter and kind of stockier than Nick Castle. I didn't notice anything like that. I did so notice he, the mask, but not the body. Every description I hear him, like he's a shorter, stockier guy. And I swear, like he looks more slender in this movie than he does in the first one. Or maybe... I think he looked the same. Pretty much the same. Pretty much the same body But maybe it was type. like angle, like yeah, camera angles, perspective. Yeah. Movie magic. Movie magic, if you will. <laughs> I think he does a great job. Like just as... Yeah. He, th- he picked up where Nick Castle left off. Yeah. Like, I don't... He even says that he tries to replicate Nick Castle's performance as much as he could. And I think, yeah, he does. He even does yeah, the... The head cocking. does the head cock, yeah. 
He does it twice, I think. Yeah, he does it twice mm-hmm. in this movie. That's right, yeah. I shot him six times. I shot him in the heart. The man is, he's not human. Halloween 2. More of the night he came home. All right. Now let's get into the, the meat. Yeah, so we start off on Halloween night, 1978. And we have the Sandman song playing in the background Mr. this time. Sandman. That was so weird for me. I was like, this song is so random. I feel like it's so upbeat, which already started off kind of creepy because I'm like, I don't want to hear Mr. Sandman at the beginning of a Halloween movie. When I hear Mr. Sandman, which is not often. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know when the last time I heard that song was. Outside of a movie, it's not often. I always think of this in Back to the Future because it plays in both. Uh, Okay. Back to the Future Part 2, it, I believe. Yeah. So we have... And we get a different perspective of Michael falling off the balcony. Yes. And, and we find that there's blood on the ground. Which is right where I think we... Now it feels like, okay, this is not an unstoppable killing machine. This is just a person. With the blood? Yeah, I guess. But I kind of expected the blood. I thought it made it even more feel like he was an unstoppable killing machine. Yeah. Because even though he got shot six times, nobody believed Loomis. They were like, there's no way you shot him six times. And he got up. It really, it already feels like it's spitting in the face of the original, which is why I think it's why why Carpenter hated working on this movie so much. Mm. We have this pre, I guess, predisposition in America to explain things yeah. and move as much as possible in, in film. And I'm that way. I want everything explained. And I just like, I just want to sit there and just like, why? why? I know. You love making up your own ending. I hate it. Tell me what the ending is. Tell me what really happened. We're going to try and beat that out of you in this podcast. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> So then we have that neighbor that comes out and is like, what is all this ruckus or whatever he says? And he says, I've been trick or treated to death tonight. And what does Loomis say? (laughs) You don't know what death is. Loomis is already hitting hitting home runs. Loomis has the best lines in this movie and the last movie. I swear to God, he has the best lines. Donald Pleasance is wonderful again. But like he does get, uh, they do give him the best material. <laughs> they really do. His he's so good. And then we have the title sequence with the jack o' lantern, different jack o' lantern than last time. It busts I, open. Well, I thought so before it busted open. I was like, this jack o' lantern's not as freaky as the last one because it had more like circular eyes and mouth and nose it was but more then, clean kind yeah. Of, yeah and then it busted open and i was yeah. like what the fuck is this <laughs> and it's a skeleton that's really cool yeah which it kind of which i might i well i'll bring that up at the end that i thought it tied the end together um with the mask because it kind of felt like the jack-o'-lantern was like michael's mask and then you have the skull yeah okay that's how i felt that's a I've never really thought of it that way. I never really thought too much into it, but that's a cool, you know, comparison. Yeah. At the end, whenever, well, I'll talk about that later, but when at the end when Michael's burning, that's when I was like, oh my gosh, this reminds me of the beginning sequence with the jack-o'-lantern opening up to the skeleton, or the skull. Then we go back to killer POV. Yeah, there's a lot more POV in this movie. 
a lot more, which I don't know if I really liked that much. I thought it was better in the first movie because it was kind of more subtle and it was Mm -hmm. really used well versus this one. I was like, we didn't really need a POV for this. I don't know. I like I like it in the beginning at least. I like it in the beginning. Yeah. Like he's walking through the neighborhoods like that's creepy. Yeah, that was creepy. But we even Ugh. get the POV from <laughs> 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 that. We even get the POV um from like Lori. And I feel like it's creepier with Michael doing it. He finally finds his way into the kitchen of an old lady, an old old couple, old, yeah. presumably an old married couple. And she's like, do you want mayonnaise on your sandwich? And you love that. Because she said mayonnaise. You want mayonnaise on your sandwich? <laughs> I died. <laughs> well, Night of the Living Dead's on the TV. Yes, which I thought was pretty cool when he's watching Night of the Living Dead. And then this... Um, movie gets interrupted by a newscast which at first i thought it was on the radio and then i was like is that coming from the night of the living dead movie because <laughs> there's a lot of yeah a lot of newscasts is a, a good, lot of yeah. newscasts and um so then we find out that they're talking about michael myers mm-hmm. killing well we don't know it's michael myers at that yeah. point or the people don't know that it's michael myers i just know three kids have been killed exactly um and at this point i'm like He's going to kill these old people. He just takes the knife. And he just takes the knife and leaves some blood behind for her to find. Goes next door. after we, we, we hear the neighbor next door trying to check in on him because the lady screams after she finds Michael's blood. She gets back. She calls out to them. Nobody answers. She goes back into her house, gets back on the phone. <laughs> And good lord, she does not give a shit about domestic abuse. She does not. She's like, uh, Mr. Elrod or whatever his name was, the old guy, must have gotten sick of her. You're picking on him and started beating him. Like, what the <laughs> He started beating her because he was so sick of her. And then she was like, yeah, that's normal. Whatever. So what's going on tonight? <laughs> and then she... And then the girl was like, didn't you hear? Telling her about the Haddonfield murders. And like, yeah. that's right. That's right near me. Literally a street away. I thought this was weird that he kills the teenage girl. Well, he I didn't just, think it was weird. Michael, he will not stand for domestic abuse. And he will not stand for enablers of domestic abuse. Yeah. I'm like, <laughs> he doesn't, he goes into the house of these old, this old couple. And he doesn't even kill them. But then he's going to go next door to kill the girl? Like, why did he have to go into another person's house to kill another? Like, you were already in this person's wanted, house. Uh, yeah, I don't. He it's just wanted teenage a knife. girls. He just wanted a knife and to kill a teenage girl, yeah. He loves killing teenage girls. Teenage girls are now in this one, I guess, you know, we, we, learn, we, learn, his mo- we learn his motive now where it's, he's not just an unstoppable killing machine who has no motive. He's after Lori. He's after... The bloodline, his sister. But I don't know why he stops off. I don't know. He just needs to get his jollies in, I guess, along the way. Yeah, I guess he heard the teenage (laughs) girl checking in on them, and he saw her and was like, well, let me do another one. I'm already here. Do you like the kill? He just springs out from the... I thought it was boring. I like it. I I I was like, that was unnecessary. I don't know. It didn't add anything to it for me. (laughs) I'm like, "What uh, what are you even doing here? They have no... She had no no connection to anything else so it's really weird yeah, for me it probably is just to up the body count up the body count mm. still think it's a cool kill yeah the blood splatter on her face was kind of cool but that was about it 
And then we check in on Lori, who's being stretchered out. Mm-hmm. You know, is anything weird about Jamie Lee Curtis in this movie? No. She's wearing a wig. I was I was literally about to say something about her hair, but I was like, oh, well, it was two years later filming-wise, so of her course hair her was, hair grew or cut. She's wearing a shorter hairdo. I, I thought she had a different hair kind of mm-hmm. style, but I, I wasn't I don't know if sure. it's similar to like the one she's, she's worn today, wears today, but... So how we think of Jamie Lee Curtis now is always having short hair. Yeah. But then she's like freaking out because she doesn't want to be put to sleep. And I feel so yeah, bad well, yeah, for she, her. She gets thrown in the, in the ambulance. ambulance they take and she doesn't want to be put to sleep. She's like, don't let them put me to sleep. And I'm like, oh, this poor little girl. She's scared of like nightmares, I'm assuming. I would be. I think she just is like, I, I think she. She wants she, to be aware of yeah. her surroundings. She's so scared. I'm sure she knows that Michael's on the loose. Well, I mean, she came out and didn't see the body, so I'm sure she does know. Well, and this is why I'm, I love Lori. I think she's a badass, and she doesn't freak out like all the other girls, like how I hated that one girl from Night of the Living Dead who just cried the whole time and screamed the whole time. Like, Lori's like, I'm not going to sit around and like let people protect me. I'm going to protect myself. Like, don't put me to sleep because I'm watching out for myself because apparently nobody else is. <laughs> and they're not, except for Jimmy, kind of, the uh, paramedic. Jimmy. Um, so they get to the hospital and we find out that the doctor had been drinking. He was like at the, same, at the party. same party as her parents, same party as her parents. So he comes out and he's like, get me another coffee. And I'm like, don't let this man do anything. Dr. Mixter. I'm assuming it's, I, it's a small town. So he's probably the only doctor around. Oh, he most definitely is. And I'm like, he's, he's blasted. And then we go back to the sheriff, sheriff and. Loomis, Loomis searching for Michael. And at this point, I'm like, does the sheriff not realize that Annie's dead? Which we find out he didn't know. And I was like, he should have been the first one notified. They found three kids I don't think dead. they, I guess they just didn't, they didn't ID them yet. Yeah, but it's I'm a missing. small town. Yeah, I don't know. What, and he's the, she's the sheriff's daughter. How do they not know? How is he I'll, not told? I'll let you go on this one logical inconsistency because, yeah, I don't know why the sheriff would like, this is probably the biggest crime in the town since, since Judith Myers was yeah. killed. Why wasn't he notified immediately? I, I was I don't know like, if he was just like, all right, you got that one, guys. Uh, yeah, like for real, three teenagers, and he knows the age of them. I would have, if I were the sheriff, I would have been like, let me go figure out if that was my own kid because she was babysitting on this street tonight. They go searching for Michael, mm-hmm. and they find somebody. <laughs> oh, do they find someone wearing the same mask, similar mask? The hair's very very white very and he's blonde. a lot shorter he's not even wearing the same outfit michael was <laughs> and yet they're like that's, that's him that's one of my oh that's the funniest part of this movie when loomis <laughs> takes out his gun and like the sheriff's trying to stop him from shooting him i'm like don't shoot that kid you can literally tell that's not michael but i'm, I'm sure it's adrenaline and he's just yeah yeah looking for anything resembling michael because yeah, he's so scared <laughs> loomis is a poster of Poster boy for gun control in America. <laughs> he is too trigger happy. <laughs> Kid gets scared by the police. I think, and we well, he's drunk too. Yeah, we find out later that he was. It's good old Ben Tramer. Mm-hmm. Probably. We never get a definitive answer, but it's got to be him. Yeah, they say it's like a 17-year-old his stupid kid. Ma- he, his friends come up to the deputy later. He's wearing that stupid mask. Yeah. He's blasted. <laughs> but they chase him into the street and he gets run over by another deputy and slams into another car and it 
blows up and he's on fire. He sets on fire. But that it, the ironic part is that deputy was coming to tell the sheriff that his daughter's dead. That was such a cool death, but man, is it just, why is that in this movie? It, <laughs> they're fire happy in this movie. There's a lot of fire in this movie. <laughs> this part, I got kind of upset because once... The sheriff finds out that Annie is dead and he goes and sees Annie on the stretcher, which you noticed in the credits that she came back. Nancy Loomis plays her corpse. Nancy Loomis comes back to play her corpse in that 10 second scene. But um, nice cameo for Nancy. I was so frustrated because everyone was blaming Loomis for letting Michael go. Like the sheriff was like, it's all your fault that Michael's out. And he's like, I didn't want him to be out. Yeah. I mean, with the sheriff, it's like. His daughter just died. Yeah, so it's, you know, that's true. It's kind of a natural response. So then we see Michael in town just walking around. And then a kid with a radio that's playing like the newscast mm-hmm. talking about Michael's murders. Um, and it also tells where Lori is at. So they on the newscast, they say Lori's at Haddonfield Memorial Hospital. And that's, I guess, how. Michael finds out where she yeah, is. Yeah, that's how he knows. And then you see him walking towards the sign. Exactly. And I was like, oh, of course. So the woman walks to the hospital. And in the side view mirror of her car, we see Michael's face or the the mask, mm-hmm. which was creepy. And I'm pretty sure that was the, the woman with uh, the kid that had like a bloody mouth. Which they keep showing this kid and her mom. And I'm like, they never even explained who these people are. But I guess so it's not need to. What I've read about that, they were supposed to really get into Halloween mythology when they were going to turn into an anthology series, and it, he was supposed to have like eaten a ra- like candy with a razor blade in it. Oh. Um, but back at the hospital, we get some good lines from that paramedic, Bud. Bud, the perv paramedic. <laughs> He's so pervy. His, he has a good kill later on. Oh, yeah. Amazing Grace. Come sit on my face. Amazing Grace, come sit on my face. Don't make me cry. Give me a piece of your pie. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, I also like whenever the other nurse was like, "Um, every other word out of your mouth is damn hell or shit. And he was like, sorry, I fuck up all the time. Michael Myers in the nursery of the in the baby ward of the hospital was really weird. I was like, don't hurt any of those babies. The little babies sleeping. I'm like, why do only five people work at this hospital? Small town. There's like nobody. It doesn't seem like there's many patients. There's there. not a single other patient Lori, except go, for Lori. Uh, we go into like so many rooms that are vacant. It's just Lori in this whole hospital. There's only one patient. Makes it creepier. Yeah, it makes it creepier, but it's also... I guess again, I'm Small back town. at the realism. Jimmy inform Jimmy informs uh, Lori that Michael Michael Myers is the one who's after her. Yes, and she's like, "Oh, like the Myers house." Like, why me? Why me? What am What am I doing? And then the nurse talks about trying to get a hold of her parents. And the phone lines are down. All the phone lines are down, and Lori's like, "Great." Which is another thing I would have mentioned in the TV version of this movie of Halloween too. There's a scene where Michael cuts the phone lines. 
That's not in the theatrical cut. Well, I guess I kind of figured he did it because later on when the security guard goes to look yeah, in the maintenance room. Yeah, we room, find out. Yeah. I don't think it really needed to have a we scene of him need, doing that. We don't that. need to see it now. I don't think we interesting. did. But when the security officer does go to check the Mr. phones. Mr. Garrett. Mr. Garrett, yep. He goes to check the phones and he hears banging in the dumpster. And he goes to check and he sees blood on the trash, which we don't really find out why there's blood in the trash but then all of a sudden a raccoon jumps out and attacks his face uh i thought that was a rat it was pretty big rat i thought it was just a big rat it could have been a really big rat but it was big boy i thought there's so many fake out jump scares in this movie yeah another, another example of it taking tropes of its copycats really yeah, I didn't think that was really scary and necessary. Thought it would have been no. funnier if he just got killed right there. Not funnier, scarier. <laughs> he would have just gotten killed right there. But I guess we wouldn't have gotten the yeah, maintenance he searches, room. He searches around for quite a while. He does. And I thought that was a little bit too long. Like checking into the maintenance room. No one's in the maintenance room, but we see this closet with a door with the lock also tampered with. And then just things fall on him, which is another jump scare for no reason. And then he goes to the next room and that closet has a lock that's been tampered with. And then when he closes it, then we see Michael finally after what seems like hours of waiting for this guy to find someone. But we also have like how he gave the nurse a two-way radio and she has no idea how to work yeah, all it. All she hears is interference. Yeah. Mr. Garrett. Well, she, he's trying to tell her like go someone needs to go to the sheriff's uh, yeah. like sheriff's department right now. But then we have Mr. Garrett get killed. And he gets nailed in the back of the in the, in the head with, with the back a, of a hammer. With the hammer. That was a pretty good one. While then Loomis and the deputy yeah, they, they find out that it's likely not Michael Myers' body. It was burned up. Yep, they are at the coroner's office, and um, they find out that the, the coroner says it, it it's probably a seventeen-year-old or eighteen-year-old. Michael Myers is twenty-one. Yeah, you notice in the credits, I never never picked this up before because they showed Tony Moran again from the original movie when he takes his mask off, mm-hmm. and they credit him as being Michael Myers, age twenty-three. But on, on, all throughout the movie, he's he's twenty-one years old. That is weird. Yeah. Yeah, there's a, no like future. It's a weird, just a weird mishap. But then he goes, or Loomis and the deputy go to the Myers house, and there's a huge mob throwing rocks and vandalizing yeah. the house. And Loomis says, "It's his anniversary. He came back," <laughs> which was creepy because it is Halloween night, which is the same night in 1963, 15 years before when Michael killed Judith in that house. And, um, and that's also when we learned that Ben Tramer is the one that was yes. likely killed. So the teenagers come up to the deputy and they're like, Mr. Hunt, we can't find our friend. And they're like, he's like, oh, he's only been gone for like an hour. What could have happened? Well, he could have gotten blown up. <laughs> <laughs> you could have ran into him, Mr. Hunt. And then we go to the hospital. Yeah, we cut back to Lori dreaming. And... I was wondering. What I don't do you know think's you know. going through your head when you watch the tree? I wanted to ask you while we were watching it, but I was like, I'm gonna wait. Yeah, I was like, because the woman says, "Well, presumably okay. it's her adopted mother." Well, I didn't even think that. So Lori was like, "Tell me, tell me more." Like little Lori in her dream, 
and the woman says, I'm not your mother. I just figured it was like her grandma or something. Ah, it has to be her mom. It has to be her adopted mother. She has well, to be asking like, who are my real parents? And yeah. Who are... I didn't connect that until yeah, later okay. on. Okay. When you're, when you, when you were watching. When I was watching okay. it. Okay. Yes. Yeah, I was like, who, oh, well, what is this old lady? Like, cause she seemed like the lady she was talking to seemed so much older. So I thought she was like a grandma, but come to find out it's probably her adopted mother or Mrs. Strode. Were you thinking at that time there could be a possible familial connection? No. No. I was just thinking, like, the grandma was like, I'm not your mom. I'm not going to tell you. But I didn't know what she was talking about. I figured we would find out in another yeah. dream or something. Yeah. But I had no idea. Honestly, was thrown off when we find out Michael and her are related. I was so thrown off. I I felt so stupid, too, because I probably should have guessed that. Um, But we're still at the hospital, and this is when Bud and the nurse, I can't remember her name. Yeah, one of the the nurses. One of the three nurses that we see. The one that he's perving on. He's like, let's go to the therapy room. Come on. (laughs) And we get another good boob scene when she takes <laughs> off her shirt her yeah, you like you really commented on that because they were just standing up by themselves it was great and she's like it's so hot in here <laughs> and obviously but, michael's turning up the heat in the water well bud goes out to check it mm-hmm. <laughs> like in the scene he's just kind of like rubbing the like yeah, he's like tapping on the thing. Like, oh yeah, this will do something. <laughs> he's not even trying to turn it down. <laughs> he's like, I want it hot. Let's keep it steamy. Michael, of course, appears behind well, him. This is when I got kind of irritated because earlier, whenever Bud asks her to go to the therapy room, she's like, oh, okay, well, I'll leave the door open so I can hear the babies or if anyone's coming. I'm like, this nurse is so bad at her job, first of all. <laughs> Second of all, she didn't even leave the door open. She closed it. That's why she couldn't even hear Bud getting killed. Those babies are fine. Yeah, those (laughs) babies are fine. Newborn babies. Where are their moms? There's no other patients in these hospitals. Michael was just checking on them. They're fine. (laughs) Yeah, he was standing in the background. I can just imagine a scene of Michael just feeding a baby. (laughs) Feeding it. Rocking inside. Talking his head at the baby. Ugh. But then, yeah, we get Bud Death, which is just silent. We don't hear any of it. We just see. It's on the background of the scene. Yep. Of the nurse just enjoying the hot tub. Well, she's trying to get out because it's so hot. That's right, yeah. It's so hot, so she's getting out, so we see her boobs more. And then Michael comes in, and you know how much he loves a young, naked lady. Yeah, he starts massaging her. I know. And then she, like... Sucks on his finger. Well, like... Yeah, his dirty fingers. Yeah. She put yeah. those in her mouth. I was like, oh, God. She was really in... <laughs> she was like, bud. And then she, like, said something, and Michael was like, swats his hand away. And she's like, oh, bud. And then turns around, and it's Michael in his creepy mask. And then... And then, and then that was a good death. Yeah. I love peeling her. off from the boiling water i thought the effects on her skin like so whoever good. did the yeah. makeup on that was awesome because even her getting in and out of the water the editing was fantastic because every time her head lifted off the water the skin was even worse and it looked so realistic of someone who would have been killed that way i thought whoever did the makeup and the editing was fantastic i loved that death that was probably my favorite death in the whole movie all right so both bud and the horrible nurse who's bad at her job they're both dead 
we find out that someone had broken into the elementary school. So Loomis and the deputy are at the elementary school checking it out. And they see on one of the desks in um, one of the classrooms is like a crayon picture of a family. Mm-hmm. And there's a knife on the little girl. And through then the sister. Through the sister. And then we see the word. Sam Hain. Sam Hain. I don't know why I struggle with that word so much. So Sam Hain. I forget about it every time I gotta watch this movie because I care so very little about this detail. It's an old Gaelic festival that mm-hmm. like marks the beginning of a darker half of the year. Yep, it's like the, the end of, of summer. Mm-hmm. The end of summer. What Loomis says is it's uh, Sam Hain is the Lord of Dead. End of summer. And there's like a big festival. So I guess Michael is a big Halloween historian. Yeah. And I, <laughs> this is why I, I, I know we already talked about it, but I just find this part so weird. This scene is whenever the nurse comes. She comes in and says Loomis has been requested because they don't want any of the departments coming near Haddonfield to discover that they let a maniac on the loose. Yeah, and she informs him that it's an order from the governor that he has to go back to Smith's Grove. Yeah. And there's a, a state marshal out there waiting to take him back. Exactly. And I'm like, are you serious? Let this guy find this man. He's the only one who knows Michael. He's the only one. Why are you going to take him away? He obviously leaves with Marianne and the marshal. Yeah, we go back to the hospital. Yep. The one thing I did really like was the CCTV, like the camera, the security camera footage. Of him walking through the hospital. That's really creepy. Really creepy. And then Lori later on walking through the hospital. Mm -hmm. Those scenes did freak me out. Those are are cool touches. Yeah. I really like those. And like it does create a good atmosphere, very creepy atmosphere. Very yeah, it's creepy. I, I mean, think. you got Michael Myers; it's going to be a little creepy. Um, and then well, we'll get deeper <laughs> into the series, and we'll see how you feel about that. Oh God! Um, and then we have Jimmy going into Lori's room, and he's like, "I'm not going to let anything bad happen to you." And I'm like, Jimmy, she don't need you. Yeah, Jimmy, why the hell is he here? I, every like, time I watch this movie, I'm like, why the hell is he here? Jimmy's like, this could be my younger brother Ziggy. I'm like, who the hell is Ziggy? You're a real hero. Yeah, <laughs> do like, it for Ziggy. <laughs> do it for Ziggy. I'm like, this is so weird, Jimmy. False hero. He just wants some poontang. <laughs> yeah. As yeah. Bud uh, implies earlier in the movie. Yeah. <laughs> but, but Lori's just laying in the hospital bed like catatonic, just staring off into space, which... No one ever really talks about that. Like, was she drugged or something? I have a feeling. Well, you see, when they... Because she immediately gets up after that. Well, I think she's fooling them so she can get the hell out of there. Oh, because she knows. I think she knows he's coming. She's so cool. (laughs) I love her. I love her. And then the nurse with the apron. God, I don't know. I don't know any of the nurses' names. They didn't really say them. I feel like they're mentioned once and you never hear it again. Nurse Alves is the head nurse. Yeah, Mrs. Alves. She's the only one I know. Yeah, the nurse with the apron goes to find Dr. Mixter. The younger nurse, I want to say. She looks like a little girl. I guess, yeah. She has a shorter hair, or at least it's all tied up if it's not short. I thought she had long hair. 
It's all like tied up. The sexy nurse that dies is the one that had it tied up. Okay. <laughs> They're so interchangeable to me. They look exactly alike. They both have blonde hair. <laughs> she goes to find Dr. Mixter, who's in his office, and yep, she he's sees, not responding. Well, she sees the shower run, running, which is weird. I'm like, why does he have a shower in his office? But what? But I guess he's a surgeon, so maybe he needs to like clean up if he gets a little bloody. But she like opens his office door, and he's just like staring at his fish tank. I'm like, this drunk man has a fish tank in his office. Who's feeding this fish? Besides the point. Michael anyway, is. Michael is. Yeah, he's feeding that fish. He's taking care of the, the babies. He's feeding the <laughs> fish. He's really running that hospital by himself. <laughs> single-handedly running that hospital. But she realizes that something's wrong because Dr. Mixer's not responding at all. Turns him around. Needle to the eye, which was crazy. Is that the only like needle or nope. anything eye to the death you've ever seen in oh, cinema? I don't know, but we have a couple of eye injuries in this one. Yeah, I mean the she dies from almost the the same. Yeah, hers was to the temple, death. but Michael getting shot in the eyes. Yeah, there's a lot of. But I think it has. I don't know if it has. I think it might be the influence of Italian horror because there are a lot of the Italians love the, the eyes. Yeah, I, you'll have to, uh, when we get into uh, when we get into Italian horror, you'll see that. Okay. Yeah, I honestly, I, I don't know if I have seen. It's actually, I, which makes me also think like the the score also feels very Italian inspired too. Interesting. Yeah, yeah. I don't know many eye kills like that. I don't think I could name anything. But then, yeah, of course, um, she sees him with the needle in the eye and she's like freaks out, steps back. And Michael appears. Michael appears like he does in the first movie mm-hmm. when Lori backs away from Annie's dead body on the bed and he just kind of appears from the shadows. Yeah, and it's really, Ooh, it's so really effective. Again. So creepy because his mask just glows in the light mm-hmm. because white, it's painted white. Yeah, that so white, creepy. Blank slate. In his dark devil eyes that's what that's another thing i don't like about the it's the same i know like we said earlier it's the same mask we see his eyes too much in this movie did you notice that no yeah, you definitely see his eyes way too much that's my one complaint Ooh, uh. too humanizing for me <laughs> yeah i i can see that but michael yeah he stabs her with a needle which we're <laughs> I guess it's a hospital, so there's just needles lying around. Yeah, but he just stabs her he's, he's in the temple. Creative. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're he's right. He's not just picking up the butcher knife. This movie. I prefer the butcher knife. It is the you know it's the classic. Um, then we see Michael on the security cameras again, and we see Lori hobbling away. On a lot of the on a lot of the the CCTV shots, the music the the score does play. I guess I was just so it's very, focused it's on very the light. It's yeah. Very good. Dun, 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 dun. I feel like it would have been scarier with the the score from the first movie. It is, but it's very simple. Like that. Those parts are very. They, they feel almost identical to the first one. This is when we get a good Lori POV, which I didn't really care for. But Do you like the blurry, the blurred that's what out. I was gonna say, vision. yeah. We have her blurred out vision because she's Jaw been drugged, drugged up. up. Yep, yeah, exactly. And this is right after she had that can of uh, 
catatonic state before when Jimmy was talking to her. Which I still think it was her just faking them out. That's when I was like, I don't know if she really was faking them out because she had her eyes so blurry, but then there's no way she would have been able to get up that fast because it was like a minute. Maybe she was just getting out of it. Maybe. Go go get us. Maybe. But then she finds an empty room because every room in this hospital is empty (laughs) and she curls up right by the door and I I, this kind of reminded me I know this is very off topic but it kind of reminded me of how in like do you remember in school like um being trained for like school shootings and you would have to get on the other side of the door so if a person looks in they can't see you that's what it reminded me of she curled up outside the door at at the bottom of the door on the wall if Michael were to walk by he wouldn't Mm -hmm. even see her but then she falls asleep there is no place to hide he will always find you So yeah, Michael finds her original room and he takes a scalpel and starts stabbing the bed like a million times because he sees something underneath the blanket, presumably Lori. But then he pulls it back and it's it's just pillows. And now Jimmy and the nurse find out that Lori is not in her room. Jimmy's like, okay, you go check the East Wing. And if you can't find her, go to the sheriff's office because something's something's not right. Mm -hmm. And he's going to go check out the other side of the hospital. The nurse hears something in a room because we see Michael. We see Michael on the security cameras and he's like literally three doors down from where the nurse is looking for Lori. She hears something in that room, but before she can go check, Jimmy gets her attention, tells her to keep checking. This is also when Jimmy is looking for Lori, opens the minor surgery room and sees nurse Alves strapped to the surgery table. And she's literally drained of blood, just a pool of blood all around her. Earlier on in the movie, when Laurie has that dream about her mom, not really her mom, she sees blood dripping too. And she feels like there's blood dripping. And I think that connects to Alves just on the table, dripping of blood. I'm wondering if that kill happened at the same time of Lori Maybe. dreaming. Maybe that's why she has this inclination that he's exactly he's there yeah that's what i'm thinking and then jimmy slips, slips on, on the, the blood like a dumbass <laughs> slips right I on the laugh, blood i laugh i laughed out loud <laughs> this time I laugh out loud almost every time me too it was pretty comical the way he did it and just falls right on his back and hits his head on the ground and we just assume he's dead at that point so the other nurse is going to her car now because she can't find Lori. she's gonna go to the sheriff's office tries to start her car won't start. She gets out and sees that her tires are slashed, but not only are her tires... Every car in the parking lot. Every car in the parking lot has had their tires slashed, which is freaky. How did Michael have all this time to slash... I guess while he was walking to the hospital, he's like, I'm gonna slash all these tires. He's He's so smart. Yeah, he's still the shape. He's just getting in and out of there so quickly. Lori opens um opens up the door of the room that she was hiding in and she turns to see that the nurse has come back into the hospital looking for her, calls out her name. So Lori turns around and Michael comes up behind the nurse. Gets stabbed by a scalpel and he lifts her up in the air, like three feet mm-hmm. in the air with this scalpel. He loves lifting bodies in the air with a scalpel too, so right cool. in the back. Yeah, I still, that's the best kill of the night. I still think 
the nurse in the water was my favorite kill. Yeah, that's, that's I think that's that's my favorite kill. So obviously Lori just runs and she's got a cracked bone in her ankle, remember? And she's just running. She doesn't even care. She's like, whatever, fuck it. As long as I'm going to live, I don't even care about my ankle. She's running down the stairs. She's trying all the rooms, trying to get somewhere. And then she finds a utility room or like a maintenance room or something. And she backs up in the corner and Mr. Garrett's body hits her. Yeah, well, I don't even know if it's, a, it's like the bowels of the hospital. Yeah, like you see, like it's like boiler room or yeah, something. Yeah. And this scene right here reminded me of when Bob's body mm-hmm. was hanging in the first yeah, movie. you finally get more of his uh his decorations <laughs> yeah. work there finally exactly and then she tries to climb out of a window which is super smart and she succeeds mm-hmm. why though is michael fast with every other kill he can do it so quickly but with Lori, she's right in front of him she she he, he can touch her and he still misses her with the scalpel i mean i'm sure it's just the movie but i was like her legs are right there. He could have just grabbed her legs and pulled her in. It's called tension. Yeah, I'm sure. But she escapes the hospital and hides in an unlocked car, which I thought was super smart. She just kind of gets underneath the passenger side. Like, he can't see her. Again, she's so smart. And then we catch back up with Loomis. And then Loomis and the marshal are headed on the way to the hospital. But by this point, they've kind of passed it a little bit. They're like three miles. Well, they're miles. passing it. They're not going and taking them back to no. Grove. Yeah, they're, he's about three miles past the hospital. Uh-huh. And Loomis says it'll be years before this town forgets about these murders. And he talks more about Sam Hain. Yep. Um, we are all afraid of the dark inside ourselves, he says. We are not goblins, ghouls, etc. We are our unconscious selves which is really creepy. And then the nurse talks about a sealed file that she found in Michael's files and says that Lori Strode was born two years before Michael was committed. Okay, so this is when we see another gun trick that Loomis pulls on us. And he's like, turn this car around. Yeah, he hosts the, he, well, yeah. And he's he like, them, he takes the marshal by hostage. Exactly. By he's like, he's like, what do you guys do? Fire off a warning shot? Shoots <laughs> the window out, the passenger side window out. Oh, that was so good. And then the marshal immediately turns the car around back to the hospital. So Jimmy now comes to his back, car. Yeah, it ends up being Jimmy's car where Lori is hiding. Yep. And he comes back out. So I'm like, oh. Oh, he lived through that. I'm not surprised, but I just assumed he was dead. He's kind of like a little wobbly, mm-hmm. a little disoriented. And he says something like, uh, it's all right. We're going to get out of here. And then his head just falls onto the he steering wheel. He tries to start the car and then, yeah, he goes, mm. yeah, he's dead. And he blares on the horn and I'm like, oh, <laughs> no, you're going to make it. So Michael knows that she's out there now because she pulls him off of it. And I'm like, oh, she should have just kind of left him there. But she couldn't because he knows that someone's out there at that point. And I I don't know what I would have done in that situation. I probably... Well, then Loomis and company arrive at the hospital. Yeah, and she's lost her voice. Like, she's trying to crawl out of the car. She sees that Loomis has pulled in. And as soon as they get into the hospital, then she's able to call out for help. I feel so bad for her because she's so scared at that point. Like, of course she can't scream. Um, And she starts making her way to the... Making her way to the hospital doors, but of course, Michael's right behind her, right behind her. And she's knocking on the door. She's screaming for help. And then Loomis hears her, turns around and goes and gets her with Michael literally right behind her. And then Michael just... 
This is the one of the cool. I, this is also one of the coolest parts of the movie. I was not surprised. He just walks right through the glass door. Right through him, like there's nothing there. Yeah. Well, Loomis shoots him another. Another couple times, yeah. Loomis shoots him. So he's down on the ground, and then the marshal's like, "Oh, he's dead. He's not breathing." Right. Well, no, Loomis like he's breathing, and the marshal's like, "No, he's not breathing." And at this point, the nurse, he Loomis already ordered the yeah, nurse to go get the, the good, yeah, yeah, go get the two way radio, go radio for someone to help us. The marshal leans down. He's like, "I'm sure he's dead." And <laughs> gets his throat slit. Gets his throat slit. I'm like, you're so stupid, you marshal. Um, the slicing of the neck was pretty good, though. He like lifts his arm up really high mm-hmm. in the air and just slices his neck. It's pretty good. So then Loomis and Lori are running around trying to find a place to be okay or yeah, they lock defend them. themselves. They lock themselves in a, a room with oxygen tanks. The major surgery room, right next door to the minor surgery room, where <laughs> Nurse Alves is drained of her blood. But Michael makes his way th- through the door with ease, but beats down that door. He loves beating down wood doors, that Michael. <laughs> Loomis finds out he's out of bullets, but he's already given a gun to Lori, which Lori does not want. We are one and the same, Lori. I would not want a gun either, because she's scared. Yeah, you know. Loomis I don't like guns. guns clicks, and then he gets <laughs> stabbed. Yeah, he does get stabbed. And I was like, oh, man, Loomis is going to die. Fuck. Lori calls out oh, yeah, Michael Michael's name. Michael approaches her in the corner. Yeah, she this says, scene was Michael. weird. Yeah, he she... cocks his head a couple times. Yeah, and I was like, "Does he know that he she's his sister?" And I'm like, "Of course he knows. He has to know. He has to know." But I'm like, "Does he is he wanting to stop?" Because when Judith called out Michael's name at the beginning of the first movie, he did not care as a six year old, just ready to stab. So yeah, I don't know. Just, he stops for a second. Like he's like he does like, like he's he, contemplating, yeah. Which I again is another human quality. Yeah. Yeah. But then he keeps going. But yeah. She shoots him in the both of the eyes. Both of the eyes, two shots, one in one in each eye, which is pretty good. And you get the cool blood streaming down both eye holes. Yep. And he mask. can't see, but he's still swinging his arm yeah. around with I the scalpel. The, I love the the sound <laughs> effect there. Yeah. You can hear the scalpel the sh- really whip. Sh- 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 and then he's kind of like yelping too. Mm-hmm. I love those yelps. It's so creepy. creepy. And then Loomis finds those oxygen tanks. Well, they all they start turning on all of the oxygen yep. tanks. Exactly. And he tells Lori to go. He's like, Lori, get out of here. He because he can't hear, so he doesn't know where they're at, he, or he can't see. He can only he can't hear. See. And so Lori runs out, and then Loomis takes get, out. Well, he says, "It's time, Michael." Oh man! Flicks the lighter. Kaboom. And that's the lighter that Mr. Hunt had given him earlier in the movie when they were outside the Myers house, if you remember. That's right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They were smoking a cigarette outside yeah. his house, and that's the lighter he gave him. So then we see... You know, Michael. Which I thought was... Okay, so the Loomis sacrificing his, his life, because he's like... I think at this point he does feel remorseful. He does kind of feel like it's a little bit of his fault too, because he was with Michael for 15 years. He was the only one who knew him, and he was trying to keep him away, but didn't work out. And if anyone was able to keep Michael in, it probably was Loomis. And but so he just probably never listened. To him. He but never nobody, listened. Nobody ever listened to him. Exactly. So I think I mean, he, he was just ready to end it. Later, he says earlier in the movie that they just got so complacent with him because he was he was such an easy patient. Yeah. He never said said anything. When you're in a psych ward, 
Yeah, he didn't give the nurses any trouble. He didn't move. He didn't mm-hmm. talk. He didn't. Mm-hmm. He barely ate. So he was probably he was a model patient. He was a model eyes. patient. And so Loomis at this point is at his wit's end. He's like, this is the only way I got to kill myself to kill this guy, kill this devil, mm-hmm. I should say. And then Lori's out in the hallway. The thing, the whole room goes kaboom. But then Michael's still freaking on, walking. Completely on fire. Completely on fire. Engulfed in flames. He looks like, I think that's real flames because he looks like he's wearing like a fire a suit. fire suit, yeah. Yeah. So I thought that was creepy and I, I figured he was going to come coming. out. And then he drops to his knees and falls down. And you see his mask just melting off of his face. And Lori's being wheeled out of the hospital in a wheelchair. We have all these newscasters, news reporters all around her, like trying to get pictures of her and stuff. And then Mr. Sandman plays. A lot of nosy reporters. But we do find out. Yeah, a lot of nosy reporters. But that's also how we found out a a statement. Probably because they were getting in her face. Yeah. This is when we find out the death count is like 10 mm-hmm. in the hospital. But yeah, I do agree with the freaking newscasters. I was like, poor Lori can't catch a break. Just let her freaking go. <laughs> and you made the comment when the when the ambulance leaves the hospital. He's like, yeah, I was, like, I was hoping they'd just turn it around and go back into the <laughs> hospital. <laughs> All right, uh, we're back. We're back. All right, Lori. <laughs> no, no, don't take me back in there. <laughs> Um, Michael's charred body coming after her. <laughs> and then Mr. Sandman plays again. Yeah, as we see him burning to a crisp. Yeah, we just watch his face mask melt off into his face. Which is funny because the, the mask in, the, in Halloween ends, it comes out later this year. Yeah, we got that the time coming we're up. recording. His mask is all charred up and melted. So exciting. Yeah, I'm not that excited. I really hope it is the end for Michael, but yeah. it's a talk for another day. Yeah, still will be fun. Any final thoughts about Halloween 2? I think we'll still think it's the second best movie in the franchise. This, well, I go... This or 4, I go back and forth. 4 is a lot of fun. Yeah, I'm excited to see 4. Um, well, I gotta see 3 first. I just think it recreates a lot of what was great from the first movie. Michael is as creepy as ever, just as badass as he is in the first movie. Lori still kills it. She's just great. She's trying her hardest. I think the music is still great. You Mm. didn't really think so. No, nothing to write home about for me. But I thought overall it was still a creepy movie. The most negative aspect of the movie, of course, is... The humanization of Michael. Yeah. I didn't really realize it. of Lori. I was kind of... I was wondering as I was showing you this movie, if you... If you knew that he was his sister. Nope. Nope. It blew my mind when when they said that. I, I was like... Well, okay. It blew my mind, but then I also felt dumb. I was like, of course. That's why he's obsessed with her. The conversation we had after the first movie was, why is he so obsessed with her? Is it because she walked up to his house? Is it because she was the first person he saw and she resembled his sister? Which now I'm like, of course she resembles his sister. (laughs) They're sisters. When these movies were on TV, it was usually Halloween, Halloween 4 and 5. And Halloween 4, we'll get into another time, but it, it mentions how Lori was his sister. Yeah. And... I just like every time I've watched the movie I for until I was 
like 16, 17 years old, I was always like, when I watched the original Halloween, like that's his sister, that's Lori. That's so weird. Yeah, I, I, I don't know why. I should have expected it, but I didn't, and I feel like an idiot. But I guess I shouldn't feel that stupid because. I don't even think Loomis knew that. Well, no, he didn't, because... Because it was sealed. It was yeah. a sealed record, sealed filed. Which is another... I just... I also think that whole thing's lame. How just like, oh, yeah, wait, there's a secret file. He never... And, like, why didn't his therapist over 15 years have access to his sealed files? The, Weird. And he has to, to protect Lori, which doesn't... I don't know. Doesn't make any sense. Apparently, Michael got a hold of that sealed file. Well, I guess he just always knew. Well, he was six. So would he have known? I don't, I don't know. I don't know. Been so long ago. I don't know if I would remember a baby sister. And that, Six, you still you start. Maybe really he knew that he had a baby sister, but how did he know it was Lori? He saw her, and he knew. Looked I just guess. like Judy. I guess so. What's your rating? Are we doing it on a scale of one to five still? Yeah. Let me give it a three. Four out of five for me. Yeah, I'm going to give it a three. <laughs> and I said five out of five for the first Halloween. You said five out of five too, right? Yeah. Yeah. We still got the rest of the Halloween movies. We and did a zombie. We did a slasher. I want to start out and kind of do as many big subgenres as we can. Sweet. And maybe start doing themes, get really like, deep diving into like maybe like do a finish the Halloween franchise, do the Chucky franchise. Yeah. Do we got the Chucky um, series the coming the 13th out. The 13th franchise. Yeah. We need to see that. I need to see that. <laughs> All right, catch us next time. Thanks for listening.